Hello and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass and I will be bringing you thoughts and ideas and hopefully some inspiration on how to build more adventure into your everyday life. So today I am really excited to be speaking to Alistair Wilcock and the reason I'm excited to speak to Alistair is partly because he's a really old friend of mine from back in university days and we we're both members of the University Ski and Snowboard Club Brumski, but also just to chat about what he's been doing since. So I still remember Alistair coming up to the Brumski desk in Freshers' Fair and I think one of us on the committee asking the question, so do you ski or snowboard? And Alistair went, well, both and a bit of climbing. <laughs> and and when we found out actually the, the amount of skiing and snowboarding and climbing he actually did, we were like, okay, we may be out of our depth here. But he's obviously gone on to carry on living these sort of adventures and, you know, over the years, seen plenty of great photos on Facebook of climbing and skiing adventures. But then three years ago, he had a little girl. And I noticed that the Facebook photos changed in one way and not in another. And I think Obviously, the content changed because family life very different from some of the, the high-flying adventures I think we all used to get up to. But what I noticed were, were the adventures he started having with his daughter. And there were some really amazing ideas, like zip line in your back garden. Literally never met anyone who's done that before. Seeing photos of his little girl dangling from trees and going for wild swims. And I guess I just found that personally very inspiring because I think one of the challenges a lot of us face is when we have children is how to keep that spirit of adventure going and also how to, I guess, imbue that sense of adventure in our own children as well so that they get the same sense of enjoyment and excitement from it. But I think one of the challenges, it can sometimes feel that that is stifling some of the other stuff that we used to do. And what I've loved about seeing what Alistair's doing is that actually you get a real sense that this is exactly where he wants to be, but also that these everyday adventures he's now doing with his little girl are, are every bit as exciting as the ones he used to go on. So Alistair, it's an absolute joy to welcome you to the show. Thank you for agreeing to, to chat to me. Thank you for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure. My first question Given that I know adventure is so important to you or, or, or doing sort of adventurous activities and sports, I guess it's just really to find out what does it mean to you? Why, why is it such an important part of your life? I guess if you, if you wanted me to sum up incredibly quickly, it's what makes me happy. It's what puts me in my happy place. And, you know, my, my wife sort of laughs at me when we're on adventures because she says that, she can see the smile on my face. And so I think that's probably the very quick answer. But I think it's also probably a sense of achievement. And I think adventures for me are also about curiosity, maybe. I'm a naturally curious person. I want to see what's around the corner. I want to see what's over the hill. And I want to see what, what I can achieve. So, yeah, those two things. But it makes me happy. Great. And is there someone or something that I guess inspired you to get started? Was it part of your childhood growing up? Was it something that you came to, I guess, a bit later in, in, in sort of teenage years? What was it or who was it that got you started? So I was incredibly lucky as a child. Both my parents were incredibly adventurous and incredibly into outdoors and traveling and nature, which are the three things that 
I continue to do. So I was taken skiing before I could walk. I was first on skis at the age of three. But soon, you know, when I could walk, my mum loves to travel and see different cultures. So she took me to travel. And, and then I think that twinned with the fact that I had a, an older brother who's two years older than me that I always looked up to and always tried to emulate. And so as he got better at skiing, I wanted to get better at skiing as an example. And then perhaps it was both my parents were teachers. And so they had a six-week summer holiday. So it wasn't unusual for us to drive and camp for six weeks all the way down to you know southern Italy or you know southern Spain or to Switzerland. And then all the holidays in between, we would always be somewhere doing something. So in a very, very lucky in that way. And I was probably a teenager before I realised that that wasn't the norm. And it wasn't the norm to have climbing stuff in the garage that you could just take and use to abseil out of your bedroom window or, you know, canoes that you could just sort of pull out and paddle down a canal or et cetera. So, yeah, my, my, my inspiration was, was definitely my parents and, and their attitude to adventure. And, yeah, lucky, really lucky. That's so interesting, isn't it? It's that thing of actually what's normal to you as a child and I guess as a child, you don't really question whether that is, <laughs> especially as a young child, you assume that that is what is normal in every family. And I suppose it's only as you start to grow up that you start to realise whether, you know, what you've been exposed to has helped to form what, what you really enjoy as well. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember. There, there was no sort of light bulb moment. Mm. But at some point in my life, I realised that my childhood was different to a lot of the people I knew from school. And I think it probably was teenage, you know, primary school, when I'd been off abseiling down a cliff or climbing up a cliff or I'd been taken skiing. I, I don't think I realised that that's what everyone else did. You know, I probably slightly brattishly didn't appreciate it at the time, but I certainly appreciate it now. Yeah, no, it's it's funny how we how when we reflect back on things, we can go, okay, yeah, I, I see the difference it made. And I suppose yeah. fast forwarding then a, a good few years, um, I won't say how many, don't worry. Um, but I'm now, <laughs> that's the right, Mulder. I'm not going to say. Um, so you've got your daughter. You had your daughter three years ago. Yeah. How did that change things for you? I guess from an adventure and from a life perspective, I suppose. Completely, you know. Mm. I, I know you have children and anyone who's got children knows just what goes into it. It's very rewarding though. But I think from a, an adventure perspective, it was probably putting a bit more planning in. For my personal adventures, so I like to surf, I like to do a lot of off-piste skiing and snowboarding, not so much climbing as I used to do, but uh, you know, having an understanding wife, uh, I'm very lucky to have, she still lets me go out and do these things and, and have these trips with friends, keep doing those adventures. But I think once you've got a child, you can't just sort of decide on Thursday that the surf is going to be good on Friday and that you should pack your tent up and drive to Croyd. Since becoming a father, it's sort of planning and giving yourself that time. Or involving them in it, 
you know, if you're going to go surfing, let's go camping, let's go play in the sand dunes, let's sit on the end of a surfboard and, and go paddling. So, yeah, it's definitely changed, but not necessarily in a bad way. Mm. I'm just wondering, did did that adjustment take a bit of time or was it something that you, I guess you were ready to embrace and actually it's just it's just changing your perspective? How did you find it? There's an element of time and the adjustment taking time, but I think also because when Neve, who's, who's my daughter, was was first born, there is no time. So you don't think of anything else for you know the first nine to 12 months. And, and so there is no time. But then after that, I think, you know, you sort of grow into it and that, that's slow process. And then as she's grown up, and she can do more things, and we can do more things with her. You know, you kind of gradually work to more and more adventure. I mean, she's only three, but you know, I can sort of see the the, the projection, if you like. So there's there's the obvious sort of logistical challenges around taking kids off and trying to <laughs> whether it is getting them down to Croyd or just getting them out the door sometimes. But in terms of the sort of adventures that you now go on and when when you're going out with me I mean do you get inspiration in a particular place for or a particular ideas you have about them or is it just a case of living more in the present moment and going right the sun's shining we're going to go off and do this today I think one of the things that struck a chord when you started everyday adventures and the everyday adventure podcast was that when you're three every day can be a massive adventure and so Yes, you know, I will take my daughter to a foreign ski resort. And yes, I will travel with her to see different cultures. But every day, I think, is probably the most important thing to me. And so it might be that on any given day, we might just go for a walk. You know, it could just be a walk. But I love nature and birds, and especially this time of year, butterflies. And so, you know, we'll often go and say, well, how many butterflies can we spot? And that gives that walk a different sense of purpose. And it goes from just sort of a wonder to, you know, let's run over here and there's a butterfly. And let's, if we sneak up here, there might be a butterfly here. And it becomes an everyday adventure and, you know, a mini adventure, something that, as a child, I used to do, and I remember it being so exciting. And you know, you mentioned wild swimming. We swam down a river, and it was only a little river. <laughs> but she, you know, swimming pools are closed mm. at the moment, and so we rode our bikes to the river, and then we swam down a river, and it's all in a day. But for a three-year-old, I remember. I remember doing these things and it, it, it shapes the rest of your life, I think. You know, little little things, mini adventures, everyday adventures uh, are the ones that I remember doing that made me happy. And so hopefully they will make her happy. Yeah, no, that is so true, I think. And it it is interesting, just that thing of almost putting yourself back into the child's shoes and seeing things through your daughter's eyes you then start to get as much of a thrill from the really little, what, what seems to be a really little thing, because to them it's huge it's and everything is new. 
And yeah, I, th- I mean, for me, that's so much about what the concept of everyday adventure is around. But well, I mean, you, you mentioned we, we, I made a zipline mm. for my daughter. And in making a zipline for my daughter, in order to make it, I had to climb as high as I could in a tree. Now, I've got a picture of me in that tree that my wife took with a big beaming smile. Because at 43, you don't often get to climb trees anymore. And so by doing something for her, I was actually doing something for for myself as well. Mm. And when we swam down a a local river, and it wasn't a big river, and she just held onto my back, the things we saw, the damselflies and the dragonflies, and we actually did some pond stroke river dipping at the same time and caught some little fish. So as much as she was amazed and excited by it, I was also amazed and excited by it. So maybe it's slightly selfish, but in doing things like that for her, I enjoy it as well. It's things that I like doing. No, I I think you're absolutely right. I mean, Mm. it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it comes back to, am I doing this for her? Am I doing this for me? Who you're both getting so much out of it and I know from my experience that actually when I'm happy and enjoying what I'm doing then the kids love it too and so it's a sort of a a, a mutual it's part of the relationship as much as it is part of the physical activity in a way that's how you relate to each other that's how you're also bonding why do you feel that it is so important to get your daughter out adventuring or or for her to sort of be introduced to that sort of adventurous life that you enjoyed when you were a child? I mean, I think I've already, I've already mentioned childhood memories. Mm. You know, my best childhood memories were those adventures. But in a sort of deeper way, it's an adventure. If it's, can we swim down a river? Can we see nine butterflies? Can we climb to the top of this hill or mountain? You know, you get a sense of achievement out of it. Mm. And you also get a a sense of, I can do it, not I can't do it. Mm. And I think that if I can achieve this adventure, then whatever life throws at you, you can achieve, you know, you know you can do things that, and and adventures, I guess, you know, they test you and they test your resilience and Mm. they test your, your fear and your comfort zone. And if you can do that and you know you can complete it, then other things in life become easier. I don't know, your job may take you to a point where you have to talk in front of a thousand people. And, you know, that's nerve wracking. But then if you can draw on an experience and go, well, if I can climb that or swim that or ski down there, I can do this. And so I think, you know, adventures are important in sort of shaping who you are but then the second part of it is who you become who you become and who who you sort of meet and so you and I met at ski club in our brief racing careers (laughs) and then you know snowboarding but the friends I made there become friends for life and I think if if your friends are adventurous, then you will be adventurous. And certainly, you know, when I took up surfing, I used to windsurf a lot, but I took up surfing. 
you know, only because my friends who were better pushed me mm-hmm. and said, come on, you'll be all right. Just do this, do that. And, and so it forms your whole life, not lifestyle, but the way in which you approach things, the way in which you, you know, socialise. And my enjoyment of university was because I joined the Ski and Snowboard Club. And so if you've got that in your life, I think that you're always going to be okay. Mm. Yeah, no, it's such an interesting way about of looking at it, isn't it? That it's it's never yeah. just about the adventure itself, but actually what it brings. And like you say, that it that it shapes your whole life in that sense of how do I manage, how do I manage challenge, how do I manage difficulty, and how do I manage uncertainty? And if yeah. I can manage those in some situations, as you said, I can manage them in others yeah. as well. And I guess adventures, you know, going for a walk and, and jumping in puddles, you know, how many puddles can we jump in is, is an adventure for my daughter. But as I start to teach her to climb, for example, there's also a process there. You know, there's, there's things you have to go to through to make it safe. If you can learn that process, that's another skill that hopefully she will she will learn. The, there's risks but there's ways of mitigating risk. And so I, when I made that zip line, quite a few people were like, I can't believe you put your daughter on a zip line. But that was the safest thing she's, she's ever done. Letting your daughter climb a tree, she can fall out. She wasn't going to fall off my zip line. But so, yeah, I think that adventure, you know, you, you say adventure and people think of sort of whimsical hippies. And I've travelled a lot. I'm lucky enough to backpacked around the world twice and that can be sort of whimsical and and very sort of I'll grow dreadlocks and wear beads but adventures for me you know they can there it's learning as well you learn things about yourself and and about the world so definitely and I think your point about risk there is really interesting because I I guess it leads into my next question in a way which is that I think often one of the barriers for people you know often people do want to expose their children to sort of adventures but maybe they are concerned about the risks or they have their own fears and it may be about their own experience and how I guess as we get older, we become naturally more risk averse. And then as parents, that doubles anyway. And that can act as a real barrier. And I suppose leading on to from your point you were making about, you know, it's knowing how to manage those risks and and knowing what's safe and what isn't. What's the one piece of advice you would give to other parents who would like perhaps to either they themselves start living more adventurously or to encourage their children to do the same? I think firstly, it's everyday adventures, mini adventures. And I think let your child jump in that puddle. Let your child lie down in that puddle. Let your child climb up that tree, even if it's only to the first or second branch and you can still hold on to them. And, you know, it might be the fact that when you get back to the car, it's dirty. But put a bin bag in the back of your car and shove all the clothes in there and I think that's that's the sort of first thing. I think the second thing is if you can't do it or you don't know how to do it, find someone who can. And I was never in the the, 
the Cubs or the Scouts or or the Boys Brigade or any of those sort of organisations to teach people to do that because I didn't need to because my father and mother taught me to do it. But, you know, there's clubs out there, indoor climbing walls where you can take your kids and have it, you know, teach them. They can learn with a qualified instructor. And, you know, if you don't feel like you you can do it, I think finding someone who can can help them and do it for them is uh, is is probably quite important. And again, I've got to mention I'm lucky. My wife lets me do these things with my daughter. I would never put my daughter in risk, at risk, and she knows that. Uh, I think the 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 other thing which is I have noticed a lot is well, it's very very important to be a, not to be pushy. So I've experienced times where, you know, we've we've got a, a very nice little bike track very close to where I live. And she loves to to cycle around it and there's banked curves and, and stuff. And and we'll go there. But then she'll decide, not today. And I think to to step back and say, yes, we've just got all this way to do this. Now you're not going to do it. I think it's probably important to to, to not push. A child, and I'm sounding like some sort of expert here. She's only three, but I think, yeah, just let them do it and let them explore. And my mum will kill me for telling you this, but I, like I said, I started skiing from a very, very early age, and I broke my leg skiing at the age of three and a half. And the next year, we went skiing again, and then I broke my leg again at the age of eleven. And the next year we went skiing again. You know, it didn't it didn't stop them. You know, it was unfortunate. I'm sure they didn't mean for me to do it, but they were the type of people that were like, it was an accident. Kids get hurt, and we kept on going. And, and I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that. And you know, maybe that taught me that if you get an injury, you can bounce back from it. So that resilience point you were coming back to before around allowing allowing your children to experience things and yeah. and and let have yeah. a, and finding a way to let go in a way I suppose yeah I mean when she's got a boyfriend <laughs> we won't go there don't worry <laughs> that would be different yeah I'll I'll come back to you in ten years time we'll have the same conversation <laughs> yeah um, amazing Th- I mean wonderful advice thank you Alistair I think. My final question then really is is if people do want to find out more about the sort of adventures you're going on with Neve and, and what you're up to, where can they go to find you? Okay, I'm not very good at social media. Um, I'm <laughs> not very good at Facebook. I am on Instagram and it's Alistair Wilcock with no spaces if you want to follow me. But you also might see pictures of a cake that I've made that I'm particularly <laughs> proud of. Those are also adventures. It all counts. In fact, that's probably the biggest adventure for me. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Alistair. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and hopefully catch up again soon. There was so much in my conversation with Alistair that resonated with me and for the reasons that I started this podcast. But what I wanted to pick up on was the point he made around how we balance our desire or our recognition that living adventurously brings us so much in terms of resilience, in terms of our sense of confidence in what we can achieve, in terms of just being able to explore the world around us. 
And balance that with safety and keeping ourselves safe or keeping our loved ones safe. And particularly, you know, for those of you who are parents, you know, that's an eternal struggle. How do we, how do we create enough elastic to let our children run wild whilst at the same time know that they're protected? And I think it applies to ourselves too. You know, often some of the reasons that we give for not doing things is because we are concerned about the unknown, about what might happen. And that can often act as a real barrier to getting started or moving forward. So I think you made two really important points. One was about knowing our own expertise and having a really good awareness of what we do know, but also what we need to reach out to professionals for, because that also gives us confidence if we work with people who really do know their stuff. But the other really important point he made, I think, which was that accidents do happen. And actually, no matter how well we think we can protect ourselves or our children or those around us, that actually sometimes, well, most of the time, we're not necessarily in control. We can do our best, but actually sometimes we have to let go and to trust that, that the potential benefits of what we are trying to do or what we're letting our children do outweigh those risks. And an example for me was actually yesterday, where after heading out down to the beach and being out on the paddle boards with the kids and the dogs, I found myself with uh, a lip that had been slashed by a rather over-enthusiastic Labrador. Cue a good three hours in A&E in Bournemouth, followed by another couple of hours in Salisbury. And three stitches later, head back home with a rather numb bottom lip. And as you can tell today, I'm able to talk, which is great. (laughs) Not quite able to shout yet at the children, which they're delighted about. But, you know, the reality was that despite all the the risk, you know, I I thought I'd taken care of everything. Actually, sometimes accidents do just happen. And maybe we have to accept that as a possibility. And if you ask me if I went back in time, would I change it? Well, I've got the Labrador a little bit further away, but I would never have stopped any of us being out in that water playing around. When Alistair was talking about the fact that despite his various broken limbs after skiing holidays, his parents still took him back because that they could see what they and he were gaining from those experiences were probably greater. So I guess it's just something to reflect on going forward. I'd love to know your thoughts and comments on this because I think it's a re- there, is, there are no rights or wrongs with this. It's all it's personal risk and our perception of risk is an intensely personal thing. And particularly when we have responsibility for others, I think that sense of you know, what we can and can't and are prepared to do become so much more intense as well. But as always, please do get in touch with me. I'm on Instagram, Resilience at Work. Join us in the Everyday Adventure Club on Facebook. And if you wanted to get started on adventures of your own and you're not quite sure where to begin or you'd like a helping hand, again, please do reach out. Anyway, that's all for this week. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. I'll have another interview to share with you. Look forward to speaking then. Bye.